Hello, everyone. Welcome to Deliberate Connections, the podcast all about deliberately connecting and the impact it has on our world. I am your host, Christiana Frank, a consultant in education, corporations, and mental health. Hello, everyone. This is Christiana Frank with Deliberate Connections, and I have with me again, Dr. Bon with the white paper, My Principal Uses the F Word. Uh, Dr. Bon has 13 years of experience as a accomplished senior level executive manager, and he is currently the superintendent of schools in Raton, New Mexico. Uh, Dr. Bond has such an extensive work helping and supporting people in organizational development uh, and such a leader. And I'm really, really happy to be talking about his chapter, If Mama Isn't Happy, Nobody's Happy, because... It, it comes straight down to, you know, your passion and purpose for your work. Do you like being there? Do you like showing up? And are you going to give the extra oomph to make things to make things happen? So without further ado, welcome, Dr. Bond. Thank you. And I'm greatly honored to be here again. So thank you for all your compliments. I'm very humbled and uh, just to be in the room with you. Thank you. Oh, geez. Thank you. And we, we're going to sit here. I could do go right straight on back with that. But, you know, it's always such a joy when you find someone that has, you know, that same amount of passion for for leadership or the same amount of passion for people. And when I first met you a few years ago, my heart just stopped and I was just so uh, enamored and, and thrilled to be listening to your coaching because it spoke to me. It didn't just spoke speak to me on systems, which I know that you, you are a systems guy, but it spoke to me on the heart level of care and compassion and getting to understand people for who they are and, and what their strengths are. So I was curious if you could um, tell us a little bit about this chapter, just sort of an overview of what your intention was writing, if mama isn't happy, everyone is happy. Well, you know, I'm a very big fan of music and I really like country music because there's stories that I can relate to in a lot of the songs. And one of my childhood country musicians that I liked was Tracy Bird and he had a song of mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And so let's make mama happy tonight. And we used to joke around the, up around the house about, you know, when if mom comes home and, you know, we have the yard clean and we clean the dishes and she's got a hot meal to eat after working all day then it's a little easier to borrow the car and it's a little easier to ask to go out in the evenings or get a little bit of money. And, and, and so, you know, I learned that lesson a long time ago, but then when I moved into leadership, I found that we have a lot of amazing, excuse me, amazing people in our organizations that work extremely hard and they're passionate and um, you know, and we're not taking care of them and in education and in a lot of organizations, we do a lot and we invest a lot of money and time in taking care of things at the grassroots level, but we don't take care of our managers. We don't take care of our frontline people. We don't take care of the people that have the most exposure to the customers or clients in our organizations. And in my case, it's teachers, it's front office staff, it's the custodian, it's keepers. When I work with private businesses, it's their managers, it's their supervisors, it's their payroll analysts. So we do a lot to take care of our clients and we invest a lot of time and money, but honestly, there's just one of me. And if I want to impact more people, I need to take care of the people that are more impactful with those. And so I learned right away, if I invest a little bit of time into my people to and my employees to make the job more satisfying, to make things better, then 
that attitude just sort of emulates in the organization and everybody becomes more happy. So as I was writing this chapter, I remembered the song, if mama ain't happy, nobody happy. So let's make mama happy tonight. And so there's some very simple things that we can do to show our employees that we care about them. And as I've talked to you a little bit, when we discuss brain research, you know, we operate in our limbic system with emotions. And we, we sometimes want to move into the executive functioning right away, failing to recognize that people have feelings and that there's Maslow deficiencies. And we need to take care of people's safety. We need to make sure that they're fed and healthy. We need to make sure that they feel valued. And when we take care of those things, everything else will start taking care of themselves. You know, it's interesting because in the past, we've talked about the opportunities of this pandemic that we're in. And you know what I've seen just being boots on the ground mm-hmm. in some areas in corporations and and K through 12 education is people are starting to take note or pause rather and go, wait a second, you know, we're teaching, you know, social emotional learning or trauma informed teaching to, to our students um, in that educational atmosphere. But atmosphere, but what about the teachers? And 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 then you know that I geek out on neuroscience. I mean, people are starting to call me a neuroscience nerd, and I welcome it. I welcome it. Um, is you know we're talking the mirror neurons. You know, I'm I'm really delving in deep into these mirror neurons right now, and I know there's not a lot of solid facts about these right now, and there's a whole bunch of gray area. And the research they're doing, uh, there needs to be more. But um, I, I'm pretty much like, I almost want to just lock it in and say, I already know what the answer is going to be, but I don't get to do that is, <laughs> is, you know, imitation, if you're imitation or modeling happiness, you know, the people around you almost instantly start to, to pick up those nonverbal cues. If nonverbal communication is 55% of our overall successful communication and you're walking in slumped over, it's almost automatic they're saying with mirror neurons that you know the room will slump over with you. And now if you toss it into K through 12 education where their brains aren't fully developed, we have got students emulating or uh, imitating what the teacher is modeling. So whether that is a CEO walking into work, walking down through all the cubicles with his nonverbal behavior, or a teacher walking into a classroom, um, it, it sets the tone for everyone. So yes, if the lead or the mama is not walking with you know some sort of purposeful, passionate approach and joy for the job, um, it, it sets a tone for all the learners, no matter what atmosphere. And, and the fact that we get to talk about feelings, feelings these days is so exciting for me. Um, and I know for a lot of people, because we all of a sudden get permission to have our feelings. So in this, I mean, you've worked, I mean, you're working in corporations, you're working in school districts. So you get this nice, nice eagles kind of view of the similarities and the differences. Um, but if you were to speak to listeners who might be in a corporate atmosphere, a mental health atmosphere or an education atmosphere or beyond, what are some things that you think you can front load in a day in order to make mama happy? Well, let me just tell you, it goes back to my white paper. We need to start using the F word more. Operations and in schools, we gotta have fun. And, you know, I, I got stories after stories after stories, and I can't say any of them are perfect or they're the answer, but it's just sort of the 
it's the attitude that I sort of embrace. So I worked in a, in a, in a rural school district that's pretty isolated from the larger city and a lot of kids and a lot of disconnections with what reality is. And when I started working in the district, they, they had a policy that they did flag ceremonies in the morning and they would read announcements and it, the kindergartners were there all the way up to middle schoolers. And they all had to hear the same 20, 30 minute speech, blah, blah, blah. It reminded me of the movie, you know, Ferris Bueller, anyone, anyone. <laughs> and, and I said, you know, that was the kickoff of the day. And, and I noticed almost immediately I would go into classrooms. Kids were, had their heads down on the table. Everybody's tummy hurt. You know, nobody wanted to be at school. The teachers didn't want to be at school. And I said, you know, we got to change this. We got to change this. We got to bring the F word back into the day. And we got to start the day with the F word. And so at flag ceremony, I started opening with the Pledge of Allegiance and singing the national anthem and all of us sang it. And then I brought in some patriotic songs that I remember singing when I was a kid, just, you know, just to teach our kids a little bit of history and patriotism and citizenship. Um, and then I looked at some of the models that they use internationally where they get kids to exercise and to move before they go into the classroom to help stimulate the brain, get the blood flowing. And so right away, I started telling our little music maestro, I want to put on chubby checkers and do the twist. And I want to do surfing USA with, you know, <clears throat> and, and songs that were pretty upbeat. And I would literally get out there and dance with the kids. And it would be two, three minutes of dancing and everybody's eyes would light up, their faces would light up. And People would smile and it changed the whole dynamics of the organization. And it wasn't bribery because a lot of bosses, a lot of managers, a lot of supervisors, they try to bribe their staff and bribery doesn't work because eventually you run out of money or whatever you're trying to use isn't good enough for somebody or they take offense to it. And so getting out and dancing and smiling and laughing changed the whole environment for the day. Our test scores went up. And I'm going to tell you, it didn't come without criticism. I literally had two, two or three teachers who I would call my no-nos in the organization or my Debbie Downers. And they said, you know, we really don't like the fact that you're dancing with the kids and you're getting them pumped up and exercising. Because as soon as they enter the classroom, they want to start learning. They want to get their books out. They don't want me to be passing back homework and and putting things up on the board for them to do to stay busy. They want me to start teaching. And I just smiled and smiled and smiled. And eventually, those same teachers were dancing in the morning. And ironically, as this may sound, um, we, would, we usually had about three or four parents that would stay and participate with us. By the end of three months, we had 150 to 180 people participating in our flag ceremony in the mornings. And their response was, it helped them get started for the rest of the day. It was educational, it was fun, and it wasn't bribery. Bringing food. You know, we have these professional developments and seminars and trainings all the time in our organizations. Just something as simple as having some Pepsi and some water and some tea and some, and I know you and I have been talking a lot more about making sure that we're providing healthy snacks because of the, of the vagus nerve. And so I'm doing a lot more of that. But you know, sometimes at the end of the day, people just want a cup of coffee or they just want to drink a Diet Coke. And you know, it doesn't cost me a dime. You know, you can get a 12 pack of soda for about $2.50 and 99 cents for a bag of ice. For me, it is worth it so that when people are sitting there, they can just take a nice sip of a cup of coffee or tea or a glass of water. They can participate in training. You know, people really appreciate those kinds of things. 
they do. You know, it's funny because the first thing that's coming to mind is, you know, the these 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 things that we've been hearing from, I, I, I would say from our grandparents, you know, fake it till you make it being one of them, you know, the other one, and that could be, you know, the imitation and the modeling, but this is all starting to, to speak to science, right? Or another notch in your belt from my grandfather, you know, that repetition part of our, our, our neuro our neuro network. So there was one more, it was fake it till you make it another notch on your belt. Oh, it's not what you tell people, but how you make them feel is the one that this one really guided me towards. Because I'll tell you, we've all been, we've all been there in some situation where if, if, if you feel safe with someone and you feel like you can be yourself and you feel like you can make those mistakes or someone has given you kindness, you feel more one, wanting to help them. And you also have that space to learn because you're letting go of those judgments. And I mean, I could go on this whole neuroscience class, you know, I might get some of it wrong. I'm, I'm still studying, <laughs> but you know, just that ability to feel safe and protected and cared for is that walking down, um, a cubicles and giving high fives, I guess, before COVID giving elbow touches. Is that just turning on music, you know, partway through the day and having a break where everyone gets up and walks around or has some sort of activity. Is that in a school atmosphere where they have a mindful minute or do something that is increasing blood flow and oxygen to their brain while they're laughing? I mean, those things are so free. I mean, they're free. You can do all of those things for free. You can do it in under five minutes a day. And the impact it can have on an organization is extraordinary. Um, so, I mean, I'm just yesing everything. And I want to interrupt a little bit. I apologize. But what you're saying is so spot on. We know what the research says, even about washing your dishes at the house and making your bed. If you get up in the morning and you make your bed and you wash your dishes and you and you leave your house clean, you've already started your day with a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. We know that you're going to have more success in your day as a result of that. But the kick, the flip side of that is, and we know this too, is that when your house is clean, it's organized, you worked all day, you're exhausted and you won't go. When you're looking forward to going home because you don't have to go home and wash the dishes. You don't have to go home and make your bed. You don't have to go home and fold all your laundry. And so it's the sort of the same kind of concept here is that your behaviors, your attitudes, your deliberateness. I know it's hard sometimes to get up in the morning and make the bed, but I force myself to, it's, I've been doing it for so long now, I can't leave the house. There have been times when I've been running late, I'll still run back into the house and make the bed because it has now become part of who I am because I need to have that sense of accomplishment. And, yeah. but let me tell you, I had to work at it. It was deliberate. I had to tell myself, make the bed, make the bed, make the bed. 47 years later, now I can't leave the house without making the bed. I go to bed, the dishes are washed. And I know some people look at me and they say, well, that's crazy. But let me tell you, it really sets the tone for the rest of my day. And I also want to say something, you know, there's a lot of people out there that will use the excuse, well, I do nice things for people and I try to be fun. And I tried to shake people's hand and go around and and compliment people in the morning. And all they do is roll their eyes at me and grunt. But you know what? I do it because it makes me feel better. And it sets the tone for the rest of the day. So I may not have impacted that person, but my attitude is going to impact the rest of the people around me. And I will go back to tell you a secret. It does impact that person 
Because even those people that grunt, moan, and make complaints, if you don't one day show up to compliment them and tell them how amazing they are to, you know, to recognize they got a haircut, they're going to certainly let you know that. So it does make a difference in their lives. And pretty soon they become pretenders. And as I've told you many times in this series, I don't care if you're a pretender or believer, the results are still the same. You know, it's funny. I have to pull out my phone real quick. I think I can get to my notes page. So I was watching a television show and I can't remember. I, I really can't remember what it was. And they said in the middle of it, she says, many times imitation becomes learned behavior. Um, and I, it, it was talking about... Um, I think I was watching some crazy little like uh, zombie thing or something with the kids next door, but that shot out, you know, that many times imitation becomes behavior and why model, why model? So, I mean, even with you doing this and you walking into a situation where people maybe aren't jumping up and thrilled to have the high five, the elbow tap or the dancing music, you know, little by little, you're getting that notch in their belt and showing them that through repetition petition, they can create their own attitude. And that's why I just feel like today is such a, a perfect time to be alive with all this science coming out. And we can now go, you know, all these things our, our, our grandparents told us or generations have told us because they knew, but they just couldn't maybe put their finger on that neuropathway or how the dendrite worked or whatnot. But now that's why um, I just can't get enough of this stuff because now science is going, yes, that's right. Repetition, learned behavior, you can change and be different. Mirror, mirror neurons. Mirror, mirror neurons. neurons. That's my new jam right new now. New emerging research. New I emerging know. research. So, Doc, even, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Christiana, I want to I wanna embark a little bit of wisdom here too. And I, I don't want to give away too much because then maybe nobody will ever need to use me in, in corporation anymore. But <laughs> you know, I do some consulting for people on <clears throat> workplace efficiency and and um, organizational efficiency. And I do it well in schools and, I, and I'm doing a lot more private industry now too. And, and I got to tell you, here's really the secret at the end of the day. It's not these books you can read. You can read every book that's on the shelf and they all have a lot of important information and it certainly enlightens you and enhances your cognitive abilities. It's not going to these expensive trainings or these, it's, there, there is no magic bullet. But I can tell you one thing that is certainly true across the board, and there's research that proves it, is if you want to improve academic and instruction in a school, you don't have to go in and lecture a teacher and point your finger at them and put them down and, and point out all the bad things that they're doing. You certainly want to coach them to get better. But before you do that, you got to build relationships and you got to work on that limbic system, which is all about emotion. But you know what the research is now starting to show? And I got even my own data that will, if you are in classrooms every single day, all the time, teachers give you their best performance, students give you their best performance. And if it happens consistently day to day to day to day, guess what happens to your academic achievement and your mastery level and your competency levels? It goes up and I got the data to prove it. And it's not because we have this perfect professional development plan that focuses on social emotional learning and 
and focuses on reading and achievement. Our teachers are already skilled in all that. The problem is, is that when you're not being watched and you're not being motivated, you tend to go back to your comfort zone and you take care of other things instead of taking care of what you're really there for. You read the newspaper, you're checking your emails, you're looking at your social media, you know? So what I try to do is delegate what I can delegate to other people and I get into classrooms and schools all the time. Well, I've taken that same concept into corporate America, into organizations. And when you have those senior level executives walking around, not with a big scorn on their face, with a big smile on their face and bright eye and bushy tailed and looking nice and sharp and presentable, and they're saying hi to people, but they're out on the floor walking around, the performance of their employees increases tenfold. And the quality of their performance increases. The problem is, is we do it once a month and we think we've done our job. No, it needs to be all the time, every day. Any free minute that I have, I try to leave my office and get over into my schools. And when I'm at the schools, I'm not sitting in an office, I'm walking around, I'm being visible because kids are giving their best performances, teachers are giving their best performances, principals are giving their best performances, custodians are giving their best performances. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we're spending thousands and thousands, if not millions of dollars a year buying these canned programs that are supposed to help organizations fix. And guess what? Organizations spend all this money and they're still giving, getting the same results over and over again because that's not the answer. The answer is walking around smiling, being visible, because just your presence, if you're welcoming, you're caring, you're well-respected, just that in itself is going to increase everybody's performance. I love it. And then the recipient, and then what I do when, I, when I'm when i talking, you know, my jam and, and when I'm doing applied improv maybe in K through 12 is the kids would say something, you know, like, I don't want to do that. And I said, uh, well, you know, just make fun of me if it's too far out of your comfort zone. So then I have a group of kids making fun of me, quote unquote, they're not being disrespectful or mean, but they're, you know, they're taking me up on my offer. And then it just becomes their learned behavior, much like, and then they're finding joy in it. And then they're repeating it, whether it's big movements or laughter. And that's what I think of when I think of you walking classroom to classroom, you're setting the tone, but you're also giving the recipient the opportunity to create that learned behavior and get what it feels like in their body to have that intentional focus or have that purpose. Uh, Dr. Bond, I have to thank you so much again for coming. I'm, I keep grabbing your time and you keep complying. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep going until you don't answer one day. But for now, this is Dr. Christopher Bond with my principal uses the F word. Thank you so much and we will see you next time. Thank you, Christiane. Have a wonderful day. You too.